okay, so, man, I love when God works. How many of y'all love when God works, man? When you know God's working. I will tell you today in this service, again, it's not something to manufacture or whatever, but up to this point, man, God has been working, and I'm pretty excited. I can't, uh, man, I'm excited. I've seen God do things and set things up. Anything we're going to do today, none of this was even set up even at 8 o'clock last night. It was just like, man, y'all were fit. In fact, some of y'all like, you know, how many of y'all saw my little post on the woman at the well? And y'all saw that? Man, that might be next week. I don't know. We'll see what God does. But, dude, I was so stoked about all of that. And then God just started moving. And I had no idea how he was going to move and all of this and everything that was going on. But know that that's what we're doing is we are following the Lord and um, in all of this today. So I'm pretty excited of what's happening. We are going to have Lord's Supper, but we're going to kind of have a praise jar Lord's Supper because they go hand in hand together. And God will show me how they all tie together. And uh, so I'm really excited of what's going on. I got to tell you the history of the praise jar, tell you how it started. It's time to kind of wrap it in and say, look, this is the purpose. This is how it started. This is what it's for. This is kind of how it's supposed to go down. And, and this is how we, uh, you know, see God through all that. Gavin, it's good to see you. Last time I saw you, you I was driving past you, honked. You were bent straight over, and you went, whoo, I've never seen you move that fast, bro. <laughs> awesome. So uh, anyways, uh, I, I am excited about it. So the praise jar, this is actually the joy bucket. Prior to this, we had a well, we had Zane, and we had a hallelujah kettle. Y'all remember Zane with the hallelujah kettle? He gave it that name. Prior to that, it was a praise jar. And so the way it all kind of got started with us is this, that we were back in the day in a Bible study. It was pre-COVID um, a long, long time ago, and uh, uh, it was a Bible study we had up at Vision Hairstyling. Anybody here remember, was anybody ever at that Bible study? Okay, Matthew, you were there. Tom was there. Yep, you guys were there at some point. It was a long, long time ago, pre-COVID, then it shut down and all of that. that. That's where our Monday night online Bible study has come from. It had its roots in that, where we just did one chapter out of the Bible a week, and we started with Genesis. Well, we were all the way up into Exodus, and we were around Exodus. Man, we were like like studying of how great God was, all the things he did during the plagues, all the things he did to show Israel how he was their people or he was their God and, 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 and all the miracles he did to show that he's the only God and he's all powerful and he delivered them. And man, we got through all of kind of that. And we're up around Exodus 18. And we find out that Moses had kind of given his two kids and his wife back to her dad, Jethro. And, and he had them. And like all good grandparents, at some point, what are they going to do with their grandkids? What are they going to do with their grandkids at some point when they get worn out? What? They're going to give them back, right? So, so yeah, they're going to give them back, dude. They love having them. And I don't know how long Jethro's had the grandkids, but he's had his, his daughter and the grandkids and, 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 and for a while. And Moses has been, been busy following God, and God's been just doing awesome things, and he's been hearing about it. Whoa, God delivered you guys from the Egyptians? God swallowed the Egyptians up? Man, God did all these things, and, and he wanted to hear firsthand because he had, you know, contact. Plus, he wanted to get his grandkids back over to Moses, all right? He was worn out. Man, how many of y'all love your grandkids? Anybody got grandkids and you love them? I love mine to death, man. I'm going to miss them this week. And next week when I'm in Nebraska in sub-freezing temperatures, I'm really going to miss my grandkids. And, uh, but, man, I'll tell you what, they put life in you. 
Oh, lots of life in you. And then they suck it right back out. <laughs> and, and that's okay. That's good. And that's why grandparents, it's hard for them to raise kids, man. When you're young like Ashley and JJ, dude, y'all got all kinds of energy to do that, right? So anyways, Jethro's getting his grandkids back, taking them back to Moses. And in chapter 18, somewhere around verse 8 or so, you can look, read that whole chapter. Jethro shows up and, and he's like, man, so I heard this happen and I heard this happen and I heard. And him and Moses, what we got stuck on in that Bible study was the fact that him and Moses went back and forth on stories. Man, did this happen? And then Moses gives them detail. Whoa, and I heard this happen. And he gives them more detail. And they were praising God. If you go back and look in chapter 18 of Exodus, you're going to see one of the biggest. Imagine what it was like in the tent. It was an awesome praise session they were having in the tent of just talking about all the great things God had done. And we were like, wow, us reminiscing about them doing that is getting us pretty stoked. We're pretty excited about that. Can you imagine if we were to start our service with people genuinely sharing? See what happens when you come late, Pittsburgh? Oh, all right, there you go. All right. And, uh, but can you imagine if you were genuinely, man, if we started a service with people who were genuinely excited about what God had just done? And how many of y'all know God? Did, did God do anything this past week, y'all? Yeah, he's done a lot. He did a lot in my life since 8 o'clock last night, and, uh, and, and I'm sharing it with you. But, but man, so I was already going to talk to you about this praise jar, but that's how it got started. Can you imagine if we started a service with a praise service of people just saying, dude, this is what God did for me this week. Oh, my goodness, this is what God did for me this week. And when we first started and did it, we, there was an artist named Ashley DeWitt who was in our, uh, in, in our, our Bible study at the time. And Ashley, she, she did kind of unique 3D art. She took a vase, a big giant vase about this big, and kind of decoupage. That was kind of her style. She would, she would deco, I would get her hog's heads when I went out hog hunting. She wanted the skull. She would decoupage those, man. You like that, Jess? You got one of those hanging up on your, yeah, yeah, right? You know, every good redneck girl got one of them, right? I'm just saying, but she, had, she would decoupage whatever, dude. It was, but it was like with teeny tiny little magazine pieces that, and she did this praise jar with all these things that we would praise God about. And it was minute, and you would look and go, oh, and it was beautiful. And for about two years, man, it was sitting there, and it would be right here, and I'd be moving around like everybody sees me. And everybody knew eventually what was going to happen. Yeah, they were amazed. Dude, the Holy Spirit had the guardian angels around it, and you missed it somehow. It would go, whoa, and then it would just stabilize. Well, one day, I don't know what happened, but I kicked it over, <laughs> and, and it did break. <laughs> well, we tried, and none of y'all participated, but we were thinking, you know, we had studied before in Exodus when they were doing the temple, how they would do filigree, how when something broke, you know, and how you, when you're broke, and you try to put yourself back together, it's like super glue, right? Steven, you break and you put yourself back with super glue. You ever try to put something back together with super glue, man? Or, or even, even hot glue? How beautiful is that? Is that gorgeous? But back at the tabernacle, what they did is they would get everybody to, they, to donate some gold, and they, would, and they would take it, and they would melt it, and then they would put it back together with gold filigree, and it was more beautiful than if it, than if it had never even been broken before. And so I tried getting y'all to do a collection of gold so we could filigree it back together, but nobody participated. It's all right. It's all good. 
We gave it back to the artist, and I was like, God, what are we supposed to use now? We don't have a joy bucket. Are we supposed to quit the joy bucket? Or the, I mean, not the joy bucket. Are we supposed to quit the praise jar? He said, no, 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 man. Bring out the joy bucket. And I was like, the rusty bucket with holes in it? And he's like, yeah. And so what happened is we brought this bucket out. Now, the story is when we first started and we were out on the beach with six umbrellas in the sand on starting, what was it, June 26, 2014, and it was, uh, you know what it's like at 9.30 in the morning on June 26th on the beach? Yes, H-O-T, it's hot. And I can remember certain people, dude, JT, they were in jeans and shirts. And I remember, man, because, I, dude, I preach, man. I'm just saying. I watched their faces go from white to red to sweat to peeling to, uh, I mean, but they kept coming back, man. It was cool. And in the first sermon, uh, series that we ever did, we don't do series. We preach through books of the Bible. The first book was the book of Philippians. And the book, Philippians is the book of joy. And where did Apostle Paul write the book of Philippians from, y'all? From prison. He's trying to show us our joy doesn't have anything to do with our circumstances. It doesn't have to do with what we have and what we don't have. What it has to do solely with is the fact that we have an eternal relationship with a loving, living God, Jesus Christ. Amen? That that's where our joy comes from. So no matter what happens during the day, during the week, whatever happens in our life, we know it's by God's design. And we can have joy because nothing got in our life without his permission. How many of y'all had some things come in your life recently that you didn't get permission to? Yeah, like, dude, I didn't want that. God did. And when God allowed that in your life with his permission, it's we know, we boiled it down in Scripture, not trying to oversimplify, but boiled it down. There's two reasons. One, it's for him to ultimately get glory. And two, the only way he's going to get glory is if you don't act like Andy, right, Andy? Instead of acting like Andy, who do you act like? God. The answer's God, right? Pittsburgh, you don't act like Pittsburgh, Rob. Instead, you act like who? Like God. And when you act like God, who gets the glory? God, because they've seen Pittsburgh Rob. They've seen Pastor Eddie. I always pick on Julia. They've seen Julia, and Julia, yeah, I mean, they got to really look to see it. Not gotten, anyways. But I'm just saying in any of us, so they see God. And so that's why, so, so if where joy comes from circumstances in the book of Philippians, he, Paul's trying to tell us, like being out of prison or having all the possessions you want. Like, dude, all somebody's got to do is take those from you. And now you got no joy. So the series name was Joy Leaks. That's what God showed me. If our joy comes from stuff, from circumstances, from relationships, man, as fast as we put it in, what happens? It leaks out the bottom. And so what God was showing us in Philippians is how to build a relationship on him so that it would not leak out. And in fact, he's overflowing it. It doesn't leak out because once you have a relationship with him, how long does that last for y'all? forever. Can anybody take it from you? Can you, can it fall out of your pocket, Stephen? And you're like, you ever lose something, dude? Like what happened to that? Yeah, me too. Yeah. Does it run out like a subscription y'all? Do you have to renew it? You know, it's time to renew this app. It's automatic, you know, to withdrawal out of your bank. No, it's forever. He paid it all. Amen. So, so there's where our joy is. And so when God said, bring the, 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 the joy bucket back out, it was like, wow. All right. And, and, and the purpose of it was, so what we would do during the week is we would be looking for things that God had done. 
You're purposely looking. And some people have been in church a long time. Some people have been believers, but man, have never really looked to see what is God doing. And the whole purpose here at Driftwood is to see life from God's perspective so that in turn we can help others see life from his perspective. And you find what you look for. Do you know that? How many of y'all can find some junk going on in the world? Dude, we'll watch the news. Go read your Facebook feed. Go watch. It's junk, man. And I'm just saying, you know, you got to overpower that with the truth, with the good stuff. And so anyways, what the idea was is, wow, if we can start looking purposely on every man, I took you guys out to a out to a mud bar. You know, uh, a lot of folks been out on sandbars with me and stuff. Took you all to a mud bar and somebody made the comment. They're like, wow, they're probably not here today, but they pulled up like a mud bar. But as we started looking and seeing all these little critters, God was evident everywhere. God can be found. What God is doing, God's glory is in everything. But you got to be looking for it. And so that was the purpose of the joy bucket. So our joy doesn't leak because, oh, no, somebody doesn't like me anymore. Or, oh, no, this happened. And, oh, no, I got you. Know. No, dude. Instead, it's like, man, look what God is doing. And know that the things that we get upset about are there by God's design. He's got it under control. It's the perfect thing he could have go on in your life today. You know what? A few years back, we were told, because this isn't kind of a commercial building, we weren't allowed to have signs as a church. We used to have signs out front, dude. We're not allowed to have signs. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, we can't have signs. How can you have church without signs? Dude, I know pastors that have been in knockdown, drag out fights with their, with their deacons or elders because they needed a 40, 50, 60, 70, $80,000 sign because you can't have church without a sign. And I'm, dude, we just got a couple little like snake signs and we just got shut down. Dude, we can't have signs. And, and God, I'm like, God, come on, man, we're going to fight this. Well. And God was like, dude, who set this up? And I'm like, hey, let me ask you a question. Who set it up? God. He said, why did I set that up? Can you imagine saying that there's a church and that there's people coming to church and there's no signs? <laughs> it was like, yeah, people are coming to Jesus. People are getting saved. People are getting closer to God and you didn't have signs? Dude, among pastors, that's unheard of. That is like changing water into wine, dude. It's that miracle quality. And it was like, so here it was. All right, God, you want to bring people? Bring people. Well, guess what? Now, Tom, he puts on bright yellow thing. We got signs and you know, and, and we got Sam. Sam was out there now, man. And, and I see Eth. I see, it's cool. The people waving you in, waving you in. It's like, yes. And you guys became the sign out in the community telling people, come, come to church, come here, see life from God's perspective. And so it's like, all right, cool, man. That's going on. Well, guess what? I pull in this morning and there's no signs. I'm like, is Tom okay? <laughs> It's Sam. She's over there playing on the shuffleboard court. And I'm like, what the heck, Sam? Dude, you know, it's like, I just pulled in, so it's late. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? And she's like, yeah, we're not allowed to go out there with wave people in anymore. And it was like, praise God. Praise God. I'll miss them out there. We'll see how it all works. Maybe, I don't know what, I don't know what God does next. But I don't care. Because I know God, Amen. I don't care what goes on next because I know God and I know he's in control and it doesn't matter. He sets it up and we've got to see it from his perspective so that we can help others see it from his perspective. And in the end, we're going to heaven, right? And we're going to be accountable to him 
for what we did with every circumstance and situation he brought into our life. Amen? Yeah. So we praise God, and that was the purpose here. JJ talks about how we have multicolored paper for you to write on and pens, and that's kind of how it got started was, all right, so we're going to write down what God is doing. We're looking every day to see what God is doing. Write it down every day. Write it down. And man, I'm just going to say, if you have not seen God do something in your life this week, A, you're not a believer, or B, you're not looking, you know? Because he's alive, he's well. You know, think about with this allergy season. How many of y'all absolutely love when you get one nostril plugged and you have to breathe through one nostril? Anybody? And, and what is your prayer? Oh, dear God, open both my nostrils up, right? How many of y'all put on the praise jar today? Thank you, Jesus, for letting me able to breathe with two nostrils. No, but if you didn't, I'm just, but anyways, you get my point. God's doing stuff. During the week, write it down. It's an encouragement. Look for it. Look for what he's doing. And, and then again, you can write it down. You can put it in here, and then we read it, okay? And um, the reason we read it is because some of us might have a tough week, and it might be hard for us to see life from God's perspective. Anybody had a week like that? You know? And when you start hearing of what God's doing in people's life, you're like, okay, cool. All right, good. I'm, God's still alive. He's still working, just not in my life <laughs> this week. Well, yes, maybe I just need to start looking. And sometimes people, when they're born-again believers and they're brand new, they don't really know what it looks like to have God work in their life because they come from a religious system that didn't teach them to see that in that way. And so, man, I have people that, wow, that counts. That's God? Yeah, that counts. Oh, well, then he worked in my life this week. That's good. And we encourage each other. We give each other strength in doing that. It's not a time to show off. It's not a time to, to preach a message. It's not a time. It's a time to, to basically say, dude, this is what God did. And then the next person, dude, this is what God did. You don't have to say, dude. You say, dude, this is what God did. This is what God did. And can you imagine like Moses and Jethro in the tent, how awesome it would have been to be a fly on the wall and hear what Moses and Jethro were talking about, about all that God did. God inhabits the praises of his people. And that's what this was created to do. And so in that, the reason we have a microphone, some of y'all, how are you doing it with a microphone? Well, we have a lot of people that come and go, come and go. Uh, we, we, have, we have about 30%, 40% locals, maybe, at that. And during snowbird season, they don't come as often, do they? I don't even go to Golden Corral during snowbird season, dude, as often, because it's crowded, dude. I just, I'm sorry. I'll watch it online. Well, I'll eat something else. I go, I, but, but, so we have people that come and people that go. Then we have snowbirds. We have people that live here three to six months out of the year, off and on. Pittsburgh Rob used to be a snowflake. I'm waiting to see what he's going to turn into now. Our snow flurry, along with Steve from there, you know, they come on us and they fall on us and then they dissipate, fall on us and dissipate. But this is their happy place and they come. You guys are kind of resident snowflakes now. Snow flurries. Sorry, Steve. Uh, the political system hijacks snowflake. Your flurries, but boom, boom, falling on us. But this is their happy place, and we're their church, man. So we have uh, our service. It's on Spotify. It's on YouTube. I don't know what it's on. I didn't even know what Spotify was till last week, bro. Sorry, but we're there. <laughs> the service is, and, and and so and it's live on Facebook, and they want to hear. There's somebody that's at home, and they want to hear what God's doing. 
they're excited. Maybe they're at home and maybe they're ill. Maybe they're, they've been stuck in the house sick. Maybe they can't make it. They got broke down cars. They want to hear that God's still working. And that's why it's on a microphone on that. So that's kind of the, the, the purpose in this. And so that's how it got started. That's why we start our service with that. Again, it's not a time to preach a message. I do ask that if you do get up and speak, you use discretion considering the audience that is in here. Um, and, and, and basically, be brief and share what God has done. But again, how many of y'all need to know God's doing something in people's lives? So contribute. That's, I'm not trying to talk you into making something up. Okay, But I want you to genuinely, can you imagine if we had a group of people genuinely excited about what God is doing? Man, does that not spark excitement? And it's not a rah-rah pep rally. It, 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 it sparks confidence. Like, all right, cool. You know, awesome. I'm going to be looking for what God's doing, and we get excited about that. So that's kind of what this was about. So as I'm looking, I was going to do this anyways. And, and then God last night is like, let's do the Lord's Supper. And I'm like, all right, okay. And, and you guys know when we do the Lord's Supper, I'm going to open up the scripture here in a minute. This all just land yap, a little free right here, but <laughs> extra. How many of y'all know what land yap means? Anybody Cajun knows what land yap is? Land yap's Cajun word for just that little bit of extra, all right? So you're like, well, I didn't really want that extra. Well, you got it anyways. But so, so in this, God's now like, well, let's do the Lord's Supper. So how many of y'all know our outline when we do the Lord's Supper? Let me see your hand. If you know our outline when you do the Lord's Supper. All right, good, good, good. I got some shy people raise their hand. Carol Lee, you raise your hand, right? All right, what is it, man? What's our outline? We look back, we look, we look in so that we can look out, okay? Every time we do the Lord's Supper, we do it out of, out of, out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting in verse 23. And, we, and, and again, it's not so you can learn some new biblical concept. You understand, it's not always about learning something new. There's some things God wants us to do on a repeated basis. There's Sometimes he wants us to do something over and over because it's of what you get out of it. And that is what the Lord's Supper is. If we're going to see, you'll see in the outline. Everybody do this, worship aerobics. Let me see your hands, put your thumbs up here. We're going to look back. Everybody say back. We're going to look forward. We're going to look in so that we can look out. And that's what the purpose of the Lord's Supper is. Good. You had a chance to smack your husband, didn't you? Awesome. <laughs> Let me know if y'all want to do that again, all right? <laughs> now that y'all are like, ooh, that was a good idea. <laughs> he gets that today. But so, so again, that's our outline. It's not so you can learn something biblically new. Oh, this great new biblical. No, it's so you can learn something new about you. Something you learn something new about God. Some, you can have, enhance that relationship with them. And, and so as we started thinking, of, I started thinking about this Lord's Supper. He's like, the praise jar is a mini Lord's Supper. Man, you know what? What we're asking people to do in the praise jar is look back. The joy bucket, look back. Now, and again, when we're in the Lord's Supper, we look back to what he's done for us, right? He saved us. He took all of the wrath that we deserved and he placed it on himself and, and took an imperfect life. And then he gave us his perfect life, imputed that on us, all of that. And we do, we look back. But the praise jar wants you to just look back to this morning. Look back to your drive here. Look back to last night. Look back to a couple of days ago. Look back since the, during the previous week. And we look back to see what he's done for us. So yes, during Lord's Supper, we look back to our salvation. But man, all of that, you know, your salvation is eternal life. Eternal life starts the minute you get it. So what he's done in this past year is eternal life. 
that quality of life. Chuck, what is the main thing that you're looking for? What is it? What is it that you have out of Christ now? Peace. Yeah. Peace. Dude, is that not good? Peace. Y'all got peace, man, because of that eternal. And that peace isn't just like, oh, okay, so I got, I got this peace when I got saved. Now I'm going to have peace when I get to heaven. No, when are you supposed to have peace, Chuck? Dude, right now, okay? Yeah, right now. You're supposed to have it in the middle of chaotic situations and so on. And that's God doing it for you. And that's what we testify to each other. Maybe I'm just being a grump. Have you ever been a grump and you have justified it? All right, no, no, all right. How about you know somebody in here that's been a grump and they justify it? Okay, there we go, right, right, right? Yeah, maybe when you're hearing the praise chart, dude, man, I got peace when this all went down. The Holy Spirit uses that for conviction to make us look more like Christ, amen? But it's our testimonies in here. You know the concept of one guy getting up and speaking and everybody else listening? That, that's not even, I'm not saying they don't do it in the Bible, but that isn't necessarily the only biblical way to do this. In fact, most of the New Testament churches, when you go study the New Testament, it was more like our small groups. It was a group of spirit-filled believers testifying to each other as to what is happening. We got the idea of one guy speaking and everybody listening from Socrates and those guys. That's, who, that's where we got it from. I'm not saying Peter didn't go speak to guy, but they did a lot of people meeting together and spirit-filled believers. That's what we do out on the boat, amen? That's what we do out on paddle boards. That's what we do out on all our board meetings that we have. And they're not usually in rooms or on boards. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, so we look back to what God's done this week. But, you know, look, you know, the next thing in the Lord's Supper, and I will go through this in Scripture, and I'm going to give you an opportunity. We're going to have a praise jar time for you to talk during this, is, is we're going to look forward. And we do. It says, as often as you eat this bread and drink this wine, you look forward to him coming back again. Anybody looking forward to Christ coming back? <laughs> yeah, dude, he's coming back. And it could happen at, for us in the rapture at any point in time, which would be totally cool. But, you know, in the praise jar, we look forward to what he's going to do this week. Man, you know, we look forward to what he's going to do this week. Some people aren't looking forward to Monday. Like, oh man, no, what, look forward to what God's got planned. We're looking forward to God answering prayer. That's why JJ says, Anybody have prayer requests? Yeah, dude, I got this going on and I want to see God work and I want to see God do some things in here that I don't even know what the answers are. And we look forward to how God's going to work situations out, how God's going to orchestrate things, right? And it's through prayer and, and through paying attention. So we look forward, we look back. This week to see what he's done, but we look forward not only to his coming again, but we look forward to seeing what God is going to do this week. Anybody looking forward this week to seeing what God's going to do? Yeah, I'm going to be on an airplane with boots and shoes and long pants on Friday. I am looking, you're looking forward to another picture, aren't you? <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing what's God going to do, man. <laughs> and in all of this, going back to Nebraska to clean out my wife's uh, mom's farmhouse, man. And we'll be gone all week. JJ's got it all under control. It'll be great next week, all that. And we'll be gone a week doing all that. I'm looking forward to seeing what God's got in store. You know, down in the basement, cleaning it out, all that sarcoidosis dust in there. I'm looking forward to seeing what God's got in store, literally. But that's what we're supposed to be doing, looking forward. You know, in the Lord's Supper, the main point we're supposed to do is we're supposed to look in. And we're supposed to... 
uh, ask God to judge us. Say, God, where is it that I don't really act like you? Where is it that I'm not really representing you or an ambassador for you like I'm supposed to be? We ask him to correct us. You know, Sean and Julia, if your kid, Sean walks up to you, uh, not Sean, but Ethan walks up to you guys, and you you just look so young, Sean. (laughs) And Ethan walks up and says, Mom and Dad, I just want to make sure I'm representing you the way you want to be represented in society. Is there anything I could do? Oh, give me one thing. Is there one thing you could give him to do a little bit better? Just one? Yeah, okay. You could come up with one, right? Sean's like, dang, I thought I was doing pretty good, man. But yeah, one thing. And that's what the Lord's Supper is. We go to our Heavenly Father and say, man, what is it that we can do to represent you better? as your ambassador. And that's why we're commanded to do it. He doesn't tell us how often to do it. He just says, do it. And he said, if you don't do it, if you do it flippantly, like Ethan comes up to you and says, oh yeah, what can I do better? Well, you could do this. Oh, yeah, okay, right. And you walk off flippant. It's like, whoa, wait, you just blew off my counsel. You just blew off my authority. You just, what a joke. Don't do it at all. But we're commanded to do it. We go to God and say, how can I represent you better? We look in. And, you know, with the praise jar during the week, what you guys could be thinking about is, God, I don't know, when's the last time I really saw you work in my life? I don't know when's the last time, man, there was just something that I couldn't have manufactured without you. Because you do know that we can manufacture religion, right? We can manufacture church where it'd be a total success if the Holy Spirit doesn't show up, according to our definition. If the Holy Spirit shows up, awesome! But that's not what God wants. And we can pull that off in life too, can't we? With our ethics and our morals, and we look moral and we look righteous. But let me ask you a question again. And you ask God this. When's the last time I saw you do something so supernatural in my life that you had to get blamed for? Charles Finney, I want to say, he was an evangelist back in the day in one of the great revivals. And that's what they would do is they'd get a bunch of people together and they would pray and pray and pray and say, God, do something so supernatural that only you can get blamed for it. How many of y'all want to see God do something like that? In your own life? No, I'm not talking about next. Oh, yeah, I want to watch them suffer and go through it. And then, woo, yes, praise God. No, because you do understand that sometimes God's got to break you down to a point where there's no solution but him. And that's the part we don't like. We want the results of revival, but we don't want the brokenness that comes prior to it. But all that brokenness is for it. So again, on the looking in, man, maybe we need to say, and maybe you see God working every day. Maybe you want to see him work more. And you're saying, God, I want to see you do something so supernatural in my life only you can get blamed. Man, that's what I want to see. Is there anybody that wants to see that in their life? Yeah. And that's what, that, that's, what that's for. So in the Lord's Supper, it's for us to make sure we represent him. But man, in the joy bucket, it might be us praying during the week. God, I just want to see God do something pretty crazy in my life. And I haven't really seen anything really that magnificent lately. Might be because you're not looking. Might be because you're like the parable of the sower. You remember the parable of the sower? He had seed, God going out to get some seed, and he's planting it in the good crop over there, and he drops some on the terrazzo. <laughs> terrazzo, y'all heard that word lately? This is old school Florida right here, terrazzo, man. And, and, and on the terrazzo, it ain't going to grow, dude. The birds picked it up. That's like somebody hears a word and says, I don't want none of that. Some of it lands in the crack. And, and in the crack, there's a little bit of dirt. I'll guarantee you there's some dirt right there. You want, and, and it lands in the crack, and it starts growing. But as soon as there's a little bit of persecution, the sun, the wind, any kind of opposition, it quits, right? 
and it doesn't grow anymore. And maybe that's it right now. Maybe, maybe you got put in a position where there's some opposition to living for a, like a Christian, and you're like, oh, and, and maybe God wants to bring some conviction to that. But then the seed, as he's going out, he's getting to the good road, but it all falls in where everything's growing, and it gets crowded out. It starts to grow, but it doesn't produce fruit because it's sharing all the nutrients with everything else. And, and maybe that's where you might be. Maybe that's not why you're, see, you're not seeing stuff because your life's crowded. But when he did get out to the good rows where he had pl- prepared the situation for the seed to grow, man, it, some of it grew, what, 10, 100, this Eddie paraphrase. It, it all grew different, but the, the common denominator is it did what? It, it what? It grew So maybe, you know, this is where we judge ourselves and we say, God, I want to see you work. I want my neighbors to see you work. I want to represent. I want God. I want you to do this. Man, do something so supernatural in my life, only you can get blamed. And so, again, that's how we would do that with the joy bucket. But then the last thing, so we look. All right, help me out with the the Lord's Supper again, y'all. Put your hands up. Here we go. Honestly, this is to keep you awake. Because how many of y'all are ready to fall asleep right now? I'm just saying. All right, look, we're going to look what? We're going to look, we're going to look so that we can look. Yeah, dude. And you know what? As you start seeing life from God's perspective, you know who he takes the focus off of? I'll give you a hint. Who does he take the focus off of? Everybody say, me. Yeah. And he puts it on who? On him. And as you fall in love with him, he causes you to fall in love with people. Now your life is about others. And that's what the whole purpose of the Lord's Supper is. Look back to what he's done. Dude, I'm set for heaven. Look forward. I'm going to be with him one day. Look in. This is how I can represent you better so that I can focus on rescuing others, being a part of rescuing others. He's the one who rescues them. But he can use me to do this. And your life is now not on your situation. Oh, I broke my thumb. You know, it's it's like, dude, this nurse is going to hear about Jesus now. I'm just saying it turns it on to others. That's where it is, and that's how it's supposed to be. And so again, during a praise jar, man, I'm going to say, as God uses you, he's going to use you to minister to who? Others. And guess what? Now at the end, you're going to be saying, hey, pray for this person. Pray for that person. Hey, pray for this situation. And it causes our entire congregation to look out. And that's what a healthy church is. One that's looking in, one that's looking out, uh, looking, looking forward, one that's, that's uh, I'm sorry, looking in. Uh, what, help me out with this again. One that's looking what? In. No, not in. Is it in? Back. Sorry. Yeah, I got you. The one that's looking back, one that's looking forward, one that's looking in. So that not to look in and get stuck. That's what happens with us as humans. But it's all for the purpose of looking out because we're set, Right? So let's take a look at scripture real quick. You're like, dude, this well, way ahead of schedule today already, man. All right. Not that we have a schedule, but <laughs> I feel good about this. Communion with God. So let's look at it in scripture where we look at it. And, and I'm going to give you a chance during you. I'm going to give you a chance to kind of kind of talk about this. We're going to have a living praise jar during this part of communion. And then at the end, we will have you guys get up, and you guys can come by this paddleboard table, and you can grab uh, some bread, which represents his body, and you can grab some juice, which represents his blood, which is the new contract we have with God based on Christ. 
And then we're going to be quiet, and we're going to go go back, and then you can be thinking about these things, and when you do sit down, then we can share it all together, and we will be done after I get done preaching this real quick. All right, communion with God. What does communion even mean? Hey, hey do you ever, use, you ever use the word communion? You know, you like, hey, mom, let's have some communion. Hey, or, or with your best friends, hey, y'all want a communion? No, what does communion even mean? Do you even know? What's that? Yeah, getting together, man. It's like getting together, hanging out. It's, it's basically, if we had a commune, it means we would all just hang out and be in each other's junk, all right? All, uh, in each other's business. But So communion with God is where we're going to spend some time with God. We take time and say, I'm going to spend it with you right now. And that's why he says, we're supposed to have communion all the time, but formally in church, we have communion. We have this fellowship with him. And, uh, uh, and, and so that's what we're doing. JJ, I don't know why. I'm just going to let you turn that button. All right. And again, you guys know, look back, look forward, look in, look around, just so you know I wasn't lying. All right. All right. Look back to what Jesus has done for us. That's what we're going to look back to. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse, starting at verse 23. He says, this is the Apostle Paul. He's speaking to the Corinthians. Now, again, every time he's speaking to the Corinthians, they're in trouble. <laughs> Here's what the Corinthians were. They were in a big city. They were big city folks. They had all the resources they needed. They had all kinds of different stuff. And they now gave their life to Christ. And they were trying to figure out a comfortable Christianity. Aren't you guys, aren't you guys glad we don't try to figure out a comfortable Christianity? We're, well, look, I'll do enough to satisfy God, but, dude, I don't have to give up my status in society. I want to satisfy God, but I don't, I don't have to sacrifice any of my luxuries, you know. Is God okay with a hot tub? Paul's like, what? <laughs> you know, is God okay with hot tub? Dude, what? Is God okay if I eat this but not this? They're always asking. They're looking for, like, specific things. Can I do this? You know, kind of like, you know, how far can I go as a teenager with my girlfriend? That's, give me specific. No, dude, it, it all comes down. And, and, and this is what Paul tells him in Corinthians. He said, all right, all right, you guys keep giving me these different things for me to be the judge. You're, that's legalism. That's legalism. It's not about dotting your eyes and cross your teeth. Here's what it is. He said, I'll give you a general rule. And you can write this down. This is free too. Check this out, man. He tells them, he said, ask these four questions. How many of y'all know the four questions already? Salma, do you know these four questions already? You will know them now, and then you can preach them to your rowing club. All right, here we go. Anyways, first one, he said, ask, is it helpful? All right, is it helpful? In other words, if what you're wanting to do, is it going to help somebody else? And he always goes to somebody else first. Is it going to help them grow spiritually, and is it going to help you grow spiritually? So is it, what's the first question? Is it what? Helpful. Does that sound good? And you can go read First and Second Corinthians, and you'll find him every time they try to get him to nail down, well, can we do this and not do this? And he's like, no, is it helpful? Is it going to help somebody grow spiritually? Is it going to help you grow spiritually? All right? And both comes out, yeah, all right. Next question is, is it hurtful? Hurtful. Is this going to hurt somebody spiritually? And is it going to hurt you spiritually? Well, it's going to hurt somebody, but it isn't going to hurt me, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. No, no, no. He said, it's going to hurt somebody spiritually for you to do this. It's going to hurt me spiritually to do it eventually, because now I'm just thinking about me and not others. You know what third question was? Woo! This is a good one. This is a good one. Is it what? Habit forming. Yes. Is it habit forming? 
well, I'm allowed as a Christian to do this, and I can do this, and I can, you know what? He said, if it's habit forming, when it's habit forming, and you are now doing this at the time you're doing whatever this habitual thing is, who has control of you? The answer is not God. (laughs) If it's habit forming, the habit has control over you at that point in time. For you guys, any of y'all use power tools, power tools with batteries? You know, I know some of y'all are old school and still plug them in, right? But I'm just saying, oh, yeah. So, Chris, you got, you got a, a power tool, right? Say drill, man. And you're going to drill. In order for that power tool to be effective, you got a great tool, great bit, great place to drill. What else do you need? A great what? Battery. <laughs> if the battery's dead, oh, my goodness, then everything else is worthless, right? At the time you were being controlled by something other than God, you're a power tool with a dead battery. What has to happen is you've got to get rid of that habitual thing and put a new battery in and let God control you. So he says habit forming. and ha- It can be anything, you know? So at any time when you're being controlled by something else, you're not being controlled by God. So is it, what's the first one? Is it what? Helpful? Is it hurtful? Is it? But then he said, all right, they still kept coming up question. Look, all right, you have been bought with a price. And by the way, what was the price, Gavin, that God paid for you? Yeah, his life. It, could he have paid any more for you than what he did? And your value is determined on what someone's willing to pay. Any of y'all have baseball cards now that back when you were a kid, they were worth money, and then teenager, they were worth more and more. Now nobody wants them, so they're worth nothing. Kind of like that china that came over on the Mayflower that Goodwill doesn't even want anymore. It's not worth anything if nobody wants to pay for it, right? He paid with his own life. That makes you more valuable than anything. There's no greater price that could have been paid for you. There's your value. Next time the world wants to tell you it ain't worth anything, there's your value. So he said, you've been bought with a price, man. Chris, y'all buy a power tool, man. What do you want to do with it? Use it. That's it. And, and you get to choose how it's being used, right? Does a power tool get to choose? No, don't drill fiberglass, only drill. No, no. if it could talk, it, it shouldn't. Yeah, if your power tool talks, chunk it in the water. Get it away. Get behind me, Satan. But I'm just saying, but we're power tools have been purchased by Christ. And he purchased us to do what? To use us. And, and so what the last thing Paul says is whatever you, man, do it all for the glory of God. Honor God. There's the last H. We have, is it helpful? Is it hurtful? Is it habit forming? Is it honoring to God? And that's where it goes down. If what I'm looking to have done, looking for what I'm looking to, have, looking to accomplish, what I'm looking for, is it going to be honoring to God? That's who the Corinthians were. So when he's writing to them, he's always, it's kind of like a spanking sort of <laughs> He's always trying to correct them. So he's correcting them about the Lord's Supper. Because what they did is they had a bunch of people get together and they were going to have a big feast. Sounds good, right? And they were going to bring food. Sounds good, right? We got a little bit up there. Dave, Dave, did you, did you make any of that really good stuff that you normally make? I hear about it. I don't get to eat it, but Delgado? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, you always, dude, if you see, see that, raise your hand, Dave. You see that dude walk in, y'all jump on whatever he's got in his pan. I'm just saying, I, that's what I hear. And, and same with a bunch of other people, too. But, man, they, they had a love feast. But what started happening is the rich people would be like, oh, oh, this is my food. And they'd be at the rich people table. And, and, and the poor people would be over here not even having a meal, being like, dude, can I have some? Oh, here, you can have a scrap. You can have part of the. It, it became anything but love. And Paul says, no, this is not. We come together 
to help each other see life from God's perspective. We come together to encourage each other, to help each other. And you're not doing that, you guys. You're using it as some sort of status thing you got going on. So he said, this is what the Lord suffered. Y'all eat somewhere else. Don't even bring food no more. He said, here's what we're going to do. He said, I received this from the Lord, what I also delivered to you. So he got it from the Lord. That's where he got it from. That's what he says. That the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, the night he was betrayed. Uh, dude, any of y'all ever been betrayed? <laughs> How you feel on the night you're betrayed? <laughs> Rita, you ever been betrayed? How did you, you feel on that night you were betrayed? Yeah, crap. All right, that's good. Thank you for being honest. We can say that word because it, it was actually, no, the dude who invented the toilet, I understand his name was Crapper. Literally. That, you can look it up. Uh, at least that's what Abraham Lincoln had on his page on the internet. All right. Did you get that? No. <laughs> but anyways, I'm just saying you don't feel good. You don't feel good at all. You feel horrible. The night you're betrayed. So on the night when he's betrayed, he kept priorities in line. His priority was to honor God in all of this. So uh, he took bread because what he was doing is he was changing the Passover, something that had been done for hundreds and hundreds of years since Moses to talk about the delivery out of Egypt. And now he said, I am that sacrificial lamb. I am that Passover lamb. I am now going to establish a new covenant, not based on your behavior, but based on my perfect behavior. And, and I'm going I'm to do something new. Who's the only one who can change God's rules? God. So Jesus is... God, the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed, took it, uh, and when he uh, took him, where are we at, man? Oh, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, go ahead, and he had given thanks. He broke it, and he said, this is my body. Now, whether it's actually his body or not, we believe it represents his body. And, and why did Jesus have to come and be a man? Why did he have to be a human? So that he could be the substitute for humans. If you wanted to be rescue the barracudas, you'd have to be a barracuda. If you wanted to rescue the cockroaches, you'd have to become a cockroach. He had to become a man, and he had to take on a body. He left the, the, the riches of heaven and took on the rags of humanity and became a man. You guys are thinking, well, that's not so bad. It is if you're God. <laughs> and here's what we like to think. Okay, here's the worst humans. Here's me. Here's some of the best humans. Well, maybe the best humans are there because here's me. And, and then here's God, right? No, here's all of humanity. The best and worst that you could imagine. They're all right here. Every one of us are here. And God, according to Isaiah, he said, my thoughts are not like your thoughts. In case you think they're even close, it's as far away as the heavens from the earth. It's not, I'm nothing like you. So it would have been more closer deal for a human if Pittsburgh Rob became a cockroach. That would have become a closer thing than God becoming a man. So understand what he did for us. He had to become a man so he could, he could take on our, our, our likeness, so he could be our substitute in this. This is my body, which is for you. Do this and remember me. Remember what I did for you. Remember I was a 100% man, 100% God, and I came to be a substitute. We're also told in Scripture that he lived a righteous life, never doing anything. Anybody here live a righteous You live a righteous life? Have you ever done anything wrong? Ever? How about this guy, dude? Yeah, lots of things wrong, right? Because I've driven next to him, and he's like, hey, what's up, man? And I'm like, oh, what's up? We messed, we messed up right there in the street on US-1, but I'm just saying, so... So we are unrighteous. Christ gave us his righteous life. And God treats us like Christ so that 
so that, and Christ took on our unrighteous life and all the penalties of that. So he said, this is my body. Remember this, guys. Remember, every time you eat, and it doesn't have to be during the Lord's Supper. It could be when you all go to, I don't know, does anybody still go to Olive Garden anymore? Is that even open? Dude, bread, breadsticks, dude. It could be any. I mean, it could be biscuits and gravy. But uh, I'm just saying, he took a common meal in here, and he turned it into something significant. Now, he did take the Passover and changed it. That was very significant. But you don't have to wait for that. You, you can do it for anything. He said, man, you see bread, think of me, of what I did for you. Now, if you're on a gluten-free diet, you're going to figure something else out, man. <laughs> when he had given thanks, he broke it, said, this is my body, which is for you. Some scripture says broken for you, but he knows it wasn't broken. He said, this is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Michelle, if you're doing it in remembrance, are you looking back, forward, in or out? In remembrance. You're looking back. Looking back. And that's what we see so often in Scripture. He says, remember, 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 remember. Look back. So he said, as often as you do this, look back and think about what I've done for you. He goes on and says the same way. He took the cup after supper saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. So he made a deal between him as God and God the Father based on his blood, which is a perfect sacrifice that's always going to be acceptable. And he said, this is a new covenant. You're always acceptable because it's a new covenant based on my blood, not on your behavior, which is what the old Abraham or the old Mosaic covenant was based on. So he said, again, as often as you drink it, uh, do this in remembrance of me. Look back. So we look back to what he did for us. So we all know if you know that he saved you, man. How many of y'all know that he saved you? Amen. And, and you're now his. But let me ask you a question. Go into the praise jar, to the joy bucket, if you will. What, what, who has something to share? JJ, you got a microphone? We won't do the microphone today. I don't know if you can run around and do all of that, but maybe Chris can help you. But this is where in the joy bucket. What has he done for you this week? What have you seen? Anybody seen God do anything this week? You can speak now. This is when you get to speak. All right, Fernanda. All right, right here. All right. What has he done for you this week? Um, I was very encouraged this week. I got um, in the mail, I got a periodical from uh, Samaritan's Purse. And I was very encouraged because as we, in the news, you know, the Ukraine war has been going on for a year. And, but everything that, all the help that, the people in Ukraine are receiving 80% of it is coming from the church. Cool. Um, you know, it was it was for this one particular church they're talking about. Originally, it only had like 200 people attend. Now they're over 2,000. So there's so much revival in a country that is being torn by war. But in the end, so many lives are being saved. In I mean, Amen. eternally. Amen. Um, so that was really encouraging to me. Is like you know when I just think of all the negative that's going on there. You know, the positive is so much more, I think, than the negative. Amen. Eternally. And it's God's plan. The blood of martyrs has always been the seed of the church. It grows during persecution. Amen. Y'all give it up for that. All right. All right. What else have you seen God do? Anybody else? Oh, I got you. Uh, Charlie over here. Yeah, two months ago, um, I asked you to pray for me on my back. Yes, sir. And uh, coming to church two months ago, I had to lay in the back seat of the truck in Cherry Drive because I couldn't sit. Wow. 
And um, last, now you're sitting through a two-hour service, I'm sitting bro. through a two-hour service. No. <laughs> and uh, last Thursday, Dr. Z said, I'll see you in October. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Anyone else? What else have you seen God do? Uh, I got uh, MJ over here. What have you seen God do this week? Um, a couple months ago, I asked you guys to pray for... They wanted me to take a manager position at work. Well, yesterday I took the test and I passed it and I'm becoming a manager. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Praise God, man. What else? What else? Come on, man. Tom's back here. I got Tom back here. All right. Well, I, I see God that uh, gave me a, a son as a miracle because mm -hmm. uh, my wife was not able to. Uh, get pregnant, and uh, he showed us that all work is because of him. And uh, he brought him home to me safely this week. Uh, we spent some great time together, and again, he left me, but we said, man, we love each other. And uh, it just shows that uh, God is active in my family, and uh, I love the Lord for everything he does for me. Thank you. Amen. You. Uh, now, God gave him a son 20-something years ago. He sent him off into the Navy, and he's been gone, and now he came back. And yeah, just in case y'all were wondering about timing, you were confused. But uh, yeah, so praise God, man, to be able to give him back up and know that God has got him right in the palm of his hand. Amen. You. Amen. Next, anyone else? All right, got some over here, man. All right, what's God been doing, y'all? Well, this is not so much about what God been doing. Well, that's what but... it's supposed to be, but I'm just saying. <laughs> can, can I just interject if something else? If I have else? to tackle you and yank it away from you, I will. No, well, I'm the, just, I'm just... Don't you love it when you know that you know that you know that you heard him speak to you? Yeah. That's what I heard him speak to me right here in the service this morning. Yeah. And my niece has been going through a terrible time. And two years ago, uh, her mother passed. And a year ago, she got divorced. And... and then January, I led her back to the Lord. Amen. And then Satan has been oh, working overtime. She was in an auto accident. And, and I'm going, Lord, what am I going to say to her? And he said, tell her to go to that window and look out there. He created all of that. He could surely take care Amen. of this one problem. So hallelujah. I know Amen. what I'm going to say to her. All right. That's good. Amen. All right. Got some so, more over here. So uh, Karen has a Facebook comment, right, from Russ. Yeah, I got a message on my phone. So this is from Russ LeBlanc. And so I was going to raise my hand. I did. And I was going to tell you guys that I see God all week long when you guys send me your prayer requests. Mm -hmm. That's where I see God, and I get encouraged because you guys are trusting me with your prayers, and your prayers are requests are precious to me. But so I'm waiting to tell you guys this, and I look down and, and I monitor the Facebook feed. And Russ wrote, and this is the first thing it says Today is the day the Lord has made. That was my mother's verse, we said every morning at 8 15. <laughs> so I just saw God there. Um, this is a day the Lord has made for rest, for restoration, for trust that he will take care of all we need and for a new start to a new week. Blood work this morning shows Maria's nitropolis are at 200 something and her WBC are at 0.5 with a bunch of exclamation points. So I think that's good. 
This is it. This is the number they wait for to see her stem cells engrafted. She says she feels really good today, and she should be getting discharged this morning or afternoon. Amen. It's all over, and healing has begun. It's a miracle to watch his amazing creation. Our bodies do what's necessary to sustain, and now we watch the miracle of healing. Thank you for all the ceaseless prayers. God has seen her through and is faithful always. All worship to him. You. Amen. All right. Got another one over here? All right. Hello, my name is Quan from Orlando, Florida, and I came down to see the Smith family. Um, recently, God, I've been very religious with my tithing, and uh, I had, I, I'm in the windshield repair business, and God told me to bless this man. And all I did was sharing my testimony, how I went from homeless to, uh, well, I wasn't hope, uh, homeless. I was, I'm sorry, I was, I was homeless, but I wasn't hopeless. So I just <laughs> shared my testimony. I was on fire for God. I knew he had my back. And uh, he asked me, how much does it cost? It's like, hey, God told me to bless you. He was like, okay, well, God told me to bless you 100 bucks. I'm like, okay. So <laughs> I think that was a great thing just to share my testimony, to show the light of the world what he's been doing for me. Amen. You. All right. What else God been yeah, doing? Come forward in a second. Last weekend, my sister and her husband were visiting just for the weekend. Um, and we brought them here. We kind of explained that it was a different kind of a church service. <laughs> um, they are very strong Catholics in a very regimented church, and they sat through the service, and praise God, Pastor Eddie preached on John 3.16, and it was the most explicit salvation message I have ever heard. So they heard it over and over and over again, and I just praise God for that. Amen. Thank you. Hey, good morning. My son just saw me raise my hand and goes, Mom, please keep it brief. <laughs> um, what are you going to say? So um, this week I, I had a really rough week at work. It started out, um, I, was, I was in that like self-pity place. I was kind of stuck in the muck of it and grumbling and um, crying out to God and just saying, am I really supposed to be here? And um, it took me until, you know, I was, I was praying about it and I asked, um, you know, my family to pray for me and it took me until about Wednesday to kind of get back in. I'm in numbers with uh, my Bible study group. And it's really funny how the Old Testament, you can get really critical of these Israelites wandering around in the wilderness, grumbling and complaining. And that was me. <laughs> and um, it, it like jumped off the page to me. And it was Numbers 14. And it said, it was talking about the spies that were sent into the promised land. And, you know, eight of the ten, right, all but Joshua and Caleb, it's, it said that they were focused on the obstacles and not on God's promise. And that was exactly what I've been doing. So it was really just, it was so convicting, and it just shows how much God will meet us right in, our, right in the middle of our mess and give us exactly what we need to just carry us through. And then it was so cool because once I kind of got myself back, turning back to him, I had two people that I've been pouring into pour back into me and tell me how they're starting gratitude journals. And it made me realize that's my weapon. So I've got to take that, you know, like they just, 
showed me that is where we can praise through the storm and how he will still work through it. So it was just really cool, and I was really grateful for that. Amen. Gratitude journal. Y'all give it up. Uh, I like that because we always say when you're grateful, everything is great, man. So yeah, amen. So a couple of uh, people have specifically requested prayer for me. Um, I've been going through some reproductive health issues and also weird inflammation, costochondritis, just things that I've never experienced physically. Um, and I've been having hard days, but I just want to say thank you to the people that faithfully pray for the prayer requests, who intermittently pray, who pray when they remember, um, because all of it matters. And I do feel um, stronger. I feel better still having not great days physically, emotionally, spiritually. But thank you for the faithful prayers um, of the righteous. I do appreciate it. Amen. Phew. All right, anyone else? What's God doing, y'all? Oh, God. Friday night, we watched God take 1,200 people that didn't know each other, put them all in one room for a Matthew West concert, and turned them into a choir. You. And it was <laughs> I saw pictures amazing. of y'all, man. Yeah. I saw pictures. Nice, amen. Y'all give it up for that. Worship. Just briefly, I'm... Um, called Captain Mary, and um, I just wanted to let you know that um, about six months or so ago, I got red all along my arms, and I broke out, and I've been struggling with it, and I went to a recommended uh, Dr. Z, and um, he said, okay, well, you might need to stay out of the sun, and I'm like, no, I can't do that, <laughs> and so he said that, um, keep working it. He goes, probably by summer, and God, he's just healing me so quickly. Amen. Amen. All right, what have you seen God do this week, y'all? We got some more over here? Okay. Yeah, we kind of neglected this side here, man, and they've, uh, Steve's had his hand up for a while. Go ahead. I had a couple things. Um, We had a test last Monday, and we got our grade back, well, hang on, before that, uh, we uh, had been, um, behind on work that week so we didn't actually get to read two of the chapters that the test was going to be on we just got to do the quiz and we studied the day of the test and we just crammed right before uh because we ran out of time so then we got our grades back on tuesday and it was like the best grade i'd received all semester <laughs> I, was like, I have no idea how that happened it must be god anyway uh and then uh just uh like getting to spend time with our church family and just how encouraging that is and, and special. So I really appreciated being able to do that this week. Amen. So this is pretty cool. Um, God provided uh, me a way to go up north and uh, make a couple of dollars to uh, live live down here in this treasure that we call home now. It's been a little over a year. But uh, ever since we left, you know, the only thing that I really miss is uh, friends and family. So um, go up to uh, Pennsylvania, and uh, it snows, so I immediately realized just how how much I I don't miss that, and I miss (laughs) this down here. And, uh, you know, after this uh, conference, I come back and spend a night at my dad's house. So it's great to see him. I haven't seen him in a while. 
and I had my daughter uh, and her mm. clan come over. Cool. They just got engaged um, over New Year's, and then we get a call from her fiance, Casey, and I said, you know what? We're just gonna go to the courthouse, and uh, I think we're gonna get married. I said, you know, that wouldn't be my first choice, but you know, it's not about me, it's about you guys. So, you know, they show up at my dad's house that evening after this conference, and um, you know, we're having cream of crab soup and bonding and wrestling with the grand boy and all that good stuff, having a great evening. And uh, it, it was just so uh, wonderful to have family again because we hadn't seen them hmm. since, uh, what, June. June. Yeah. yeah. So it's been a long time. And uh, the next day, um, talking with my dad and his wife and stepmom, and uh, she goes, Every time I talk to my daughter, I always try to sell. Come on down here. Let's. Uh, it's a great life down here. We can be together, because uh, I think most of the family's gone for her up in Maryland. So, but the next day, I'm talking with my my stepmom, and she goes, Steve, I know you got your hopes up, but I don't think it's going to happen. Hmm. And I said, you know, I'm I'm kind of feeling that. And, uh, but we had such a great time last night. It's yeah, I want more of this. And uh, she says, they're really just not Florida people. So, so I come home, have my weekend down here, go to bed, wait, I wake up um, Sunday morning, and I see two missed calls from my daughter and some emails. And my daughter says, I had a heart-to-heart <laughs> chat with, uh, with Casey, her now husband. They had gotten married right before they came over to my dad's house. And she says, we're gonna move to Florida. <laughs> for, for you, I'm happy. <laughs> yes. And Amen. we start looking at uh, schools, you know, because they want to be around Fort Pierce, and the schools yeah. are a little iffy. And I'm giving her these. <laughs> what are you saying, bro? <laughs> I'm showing her the charter school, the magnet school in uh, St. Andrews, and uh, and she goes, you know, I think I like St. Andrews, even though it's going to cost a couple dollars. That, but it's it's faith based, and I really like that. Mm -hmm. This is so God's working. Oh Amen. God. Praise God. Yeah. All right. Anyone else? Across the way, I'm going. All right. Over right. here. Anyone here? All right. Just got go. a, got a few more here, and uh, right. I, I don't want to I don't want to cut this off, I, but but yeah, it's going to be last call here soon, and we're going to do the rest of this, and then we will jump into it. But um, yeah, if you have something, man, share it for sure. Isn't it encouraging? Go ahead. Um, I just want to share about um, going on the boat anytime, just this week, every time we go, God shows up. And I just thank all of you, like, you know, Pastor Eddie and, you know, Captain Mac and Holly. And every time we go, um, and just getting time. And I never thought I'd be the, well, I always wanted to, I never thought I'd be the homeschooling mom. And sometimes you always wonder, am I doing enough? Like, am I doing enough? And God shows up every time, and sometimes I'm always running late to get to the boat, getting him. <laughs> Pastor Eddie always texts him, I'm coming, <laughs> but um, yeah, sometimes it's getting them up in the morning, getting them there, and then every time, God just shows up, and mm -hmm. it's amazing, and this time, you know, we, one of my friends in the neighborhood, um, her, her grandma's going through a lot, um, just had, has cancer, that, and, um, because this grandma helped raise her, and I always tried to get her to come, and she homeschools her son, and she wants him to get around we have a lot of girls in our family, obviously, and around some boys, and they all got to come on the boat and play and, you know, and learn about all God's creation and see that. And, you know, Ashley and Kirsten, we were out, and we had some 
a little bit of time too where all the kids were playing and running around on the island and we got to talk and share some of our stories of you know, a, a, um, you know loss with some a chi you know, trying to have children or things like that and got to share that journey with each other and God showed up all over the place. <laughs> uh, this is just on Wednesday and it happens all the time. So if you ever get a chance to go out with all of them, I know all, everyone's schedules are different, but God shows up big time. So Amen. All right, got Carol Ann over here. I, I kind of hate to do this because you guys know I usually cry, but I'm going to try not to. <laughs> well, for one thing, I just can't. My heart just is so happy at all these young people. It is so encouraging, Eddie, to see so many that love Jesus and that share them. And even though I'm getting old, I, I still can. But And I could probably preach, but I won't. But we got blessed. Somebody bought us dinner this week. I mean, for, well, it was a precious reason, a stranger's. And it was because they had lost a daughter, and they were going to, I, I, I'm not exactly why. We did tell them about your church, our church. And I'm so thankful when we're here that we are apart. You. <laughs> and we are too. <laughs> Amen. Well, I heard about the uh, talking on, about the boat on Wednesday, and I know everyone knows the expression, miss the boat. I not only missed the boat, I was at the wrong dock, I was at the wrong town, <laughs> I was in the wrong city, I didn't know where I was. I'm like, wow, there's nobody here. And we get a call, and um, there's two things that come, is A, missing the boat, and B, practicing what you, what you preach. So... I literally feel like an idiot. And then Lori's <laughs> like, no, it's cool. He's just going to come back and get us. He's like, he's going to come back and get us. So we, we took a situation, and we had an awesome day that day because we were all together. But it took me from feeling like I had done something really wrong and I was an idiot to making me feel uh, Lori and I really special because Pastor Ed came back, rescued us, took us to Gilligan's Island. We met Pittsburgh Rob and all the good stuff to it. And, and I think... <laughs> If you could really see a sign, it's like you could think that you're in the wrong place, but you really wind up in the right place. So that was the message. So right. thank you. All right. All right. JJ, as you make it back up and change the PowerPoint for me, we will go and then... Um, but you get the idea. This was supposed to be, man. We celebrate what God's doing, but in order to do that, you got to be looking for that during the week. Even if you're not going to share it on Sunday or whatever, man, I'm encouraging you. Write it down during the week. Every day, look down and say, God, what are you going to, what are you going to, you know, what has God done? Always look back and see what he's done during the day. You see it happen, write it down then. But that's looking back. What's the next part again? Is looking forward, all right, to his return. That, Jada, next screen real quick. Uh, in in chapter, uh, chapter 11, verse 26, he says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. There it is. He's coming back. He said he's coming back. Yeah, who, yeah, you give it up for that, dude. We're ready, man. And there's nothing that has to happen for him to come back and get his church right now. No prophecy needs to be fulfilled, nothing. And I will tell you that he does give us signs of the second coming. 
okay? Those are all the signs. And, he, and, and so the end times in Scripture are from the time of his ascension to the time he comes back to the second coming. And he told us, in, told Paul, told all through Scripture, he said they're going to be like birth pains. He said that what's going to happen is they're going to start getting closer together and they're going to start becoming more severe. Anybody seen that lately? Man, my earthquake app's blowing up, dude. And I mean, he's coming. I do have an earthquake app, all right, by the way. And it's pretty cool to watch because every time I see it go off, I pray for the people in it, but I'm like, yes, Lord, come. You know, this, the, this, this, the, you go back and you look at what Paul wrote to Timothy about what was going to happen in the end. Go back and read those chapters. And he said, man, men are going to be lovers. Dude, y'all think that there's nothing wrong with being lovers, right? There is, if you love the wrong thing, they're going to be lovers of themselves, lovers of pleasure, lovers of money. They're going to have a love affair with everything but God. And that's why we love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength, and He causes us to love others. And, and it keeps us from loving those wrong things. But man, the birth pains are, are, are getting closer, and they're getting more severe. Anybody, uh, were, were y'all around when your wife's water broke? Anybody? I'm, I'm not going to actually just, anybody around when their wife's water broke? Okay, you're, uh, what's your name, bro? I don't even know you, man. You're, Greg, all right, man, what's your, is that your wife? Okay, all right, I'm just making sure, dude, you know what, this ain't Vegas, but it is Florida, all right, so, but, uh, but, but, hey, when, you know, like, I'm, I'm thinking of my wife, when my son was coming, it was like, man, four o'clock in the morning, my wife's like, I think my water broke, you know what, I'm like, all right, honey, that's cool, but you know what? I'm going to make breakfast, and I'm going to, I'm going to start that shed that we got to put together. You know, the Ikea project. I'm going to get, would that be an appropriate thing to do? No, when the water breaks, that means delivery is coming. And what is our total focus when the water breaks, bro? Yeah, get the car keys, get her there, blow off trap, whatever it takes to get there for delivery. And so when he calls the, sec- the signs of the second coming like birth pains, when we see the birth pains getting more severe and closer together, our focus as a believer, our focus as the church, needs to be on His return. We're not building new sheds, new rock walls. We're not getting this new project. That, dude, it is a focus on His return. How many of y'all know people that don't know Christ? Man, you're going to encounter people that don't know Christ. That's why our testimony's got to be what it is. That's why we live the way we live. That's why we share what we share. But that's got to be our focus because the birth pains are getting more severe and they are getting closer together. And if you don't see that, your eyes are not open. You can go, go read Daniel with Captain Mac here on Tuesdays. Man, go read Revelation with us on Mondays. And again, it's not a doomsday thing. It's exciting because when we leave here, when He takes us, dude, we're in heaven. Any of y'all going to be complaining when you're in heaven? Kelsey, you get to have, oh, but I didn't get to do all this in America yet. And I didn't get to go back home. No, dude, you don't care. You're going to be in heaven. And so again, we look forward to His return. Jude, Jesus' half-brother, said that is our blessed return. So we're supposed to look back to what he's done for us and be grateful for that and look forward to knowing our eternity is set no, for the whole purpose of being able to look out. But before we look out, we need to look in to judge ourselves and make sure we're doing, we are representing him well. Go ahead, JJ, one more. Uh, he said, whoever, I already talked about this a little bit, so that's why I'm going through this kind of quickly so you can see it is in scripture and you can study this on your own also. But he said, whoever, Therefore, eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner. It's kind of 
unworthy doesn't sound right. Like, oh, I'm not worthy. No, what it means is in a flippant manner. You go through this, here's what's supposed to happen, man. Even though it's on a paddleboard table and you're like, well, that's not very respectful. Well, it's just as good as your in remembrance of me table that was built and might be an idol in your other church. I don't know. I'm just saying. It's, a play. it's what we do with it. We're not told what kind of altar, what kind of whatever, but the point is, is while we're coming up, after we pray and you come up, man, and, and you grab the bread and you grab, and you grab the juice, man, what you need to do is you need to go back and you just need to spend some time with God, communion with you and God alone, and look back and say, God, what have you done for me? Man, why should I be grateful? Help me be grateful for the salvation I have. Help me be grateful for every, you know, God, what have you done? Looking back, looking forward, God, I can't wait to be with you. I can't wait to be with you in eternity and see your full glory. Now, God, inside, help me look inside and see what, how I can represent you better. How I, 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 maybe I'm being more selfish and I need to be selfless, but God, what is it in me that needs to change, that you want to change? And again, you can't change it, right? The law uh, is like a mirror. Steve, did you look in the mirror this morning? And you fixed your hair, right? Yeah, oh, yes, you did. Come on, man. Yeah, your, your hair was probably sticking up all over. Yeah, you at least looked in the mirror and saw something wrong, right? Rita, did he find something wrong in the mirror? Yeah. Uh, uh, did you find something wrong in the mirror? Yeah, okay. So uh, it, when you found something wrong in the mirror, did you take the mirror and try to fix your hair with the mirror? Did, woo, that's, I hear Steve like, woo, that smells. Let me take the mirror and let me like kind of brush the mirror under my arm to make my arm smell better. Terry, is that going to work? No, dude, have you tried? All right, but I'm just telling you it's not going to work. We can't, the mirror reveals what's wrong. The mirror doesn't fix what's wrong. Amen? The law is a mirror. The law says, no, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is right. This is, it, it tells us, it reveals to us right and wrong. But we don't take the mirror and fix ourselves with the mirror. How do we fix ourselves? Through Christ. The only one who can fix us is Christ. So as you have things revealed to you, man, this is what would help me rep help you represent me better. You've asked Jesus Christ, say, Christ, give me the desire and ability to actually do this. And you make the commitment to do it. You can't use the law to fix yourself any more than you can use a mirror to comb your hair, even if you're Pat Pittsburgh Rob, right? And, and even your hair can't be combed with a mirror. But you, Christ, Christ can fix you, and he's the one who fixes you. Amen. And so as you're doing this, it's not some legalistic, oh, I got to be better. I got to. No, you need to get closer to Christ. The best way to fight the devil is to live for God. And as you get closer to him, man, your nature changes and you start doing the right thing because you have the power of him inside you. So it's not some legalistic thing that you have to change. Whoever therefore eats his bread, drinks his cup in an unworthy manner will be guilty Taking flippant the fact that Christ died for you and that you have a Holy Spirit, God Almighty, living inside of you. Take, taking that flippantly concerning the body and blood of the Lord. And he says, so don't do that. Take that time as a time of reverence and you and God get alone and look back, look forward, look in and keep going in there. Because he says, let a person examine himself and so eat the bread and drink the cup. So you're supposed to examine yourself. And you let the Holy Spirit examine you. Holy Spirit, is there anything that could be changed about me? How many of y'all think he could find at least one thing? <laughs> yeah, he could find at least one thing. And, and praise God he doesn't dump it all on us. 
But whatever he brings up is something that he wants to bring up to make you more like him. Let a person examine himself. Then so then you eat of the bread, drink of the cup. Go ahead, JJ. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body and eats and drinks judgment to himself. In other words, you go through the motions and don't do what you're supposed to. You're judging yourself. You're saying, I don't really care about what he did for me. I don't really care how I reflect him in the society. You know what? I went to church, dude. I sat there for two hours. Check the box. I'm good. <laughs> no, you're supposed to get something out of it. You're supposed to do something with it. You're supposed to become closer with him and enhance that relationship. And so he said, man, you're, you're judging yourself as to what your relationship with him really is. He said, that is why many of you are weak and ill. He's talking about the Corinthian church, but maybe you're sick because... I don't know, maybe God's trying to get your attention. I don't know. And even some have died. (laughs) Because I will tell you this. uh, It's not like God's got a giant lightning bolt to strike us down, MJ, right? I mean, if he struck us down every time, man, we would have been struck down a long time ago, right? But if you keep blowing God off, if you are truly his child, and you keep blowing him off and blowing him off, and blowing him off, you're his child. Do you lose lose your eternal security? Do you lose your home in heaven? No, but you lose the right to stay here on this planet and represent him. And I'm going to tell you, as a pastor of 33 years, I think it's 33, a little more than that maybe, but I could tell you some people I saw him take out. I can tell you some people that I saw him take out. And if you ever want to talk about it, we'll go on the boat and we'll talk about it. I ain't going to bring it up here, but I know he took some people out. There are people that said, over my dead body, will we do? And you know what? Guess what? They were doing over a dead body. He took people out. If you don't represent him correctly, again, it's not like, oh, I'm just saying. It's after he is a mighty, he's a patient God. Even in the tribulation period we're seeing in Revelation, Chuck, he's merciful. He gives everybody every chance they can have. But when you quit listening, you're just blowing it off, and you represent him, the more you talk about him and don't really represent him, dude, you're on dangerous ground. And that's what the Lord's Supper is for. For him to speak to you and say, dude, this is your last shot. You know, this is, this is where we're at. He said, some have died. But look what he says. If we judge ourselves truly, then no one has to judge us. So we continually go to our parent and say, hey, this is, you know, is there anything I can do to, to be more like you? And then give me the desire and ability to do that. And that's what he's looking for. One more, J.J.? And what that causes us to do is we look around to help others escape eternal judgment. Look what he says here. He said, but when we are judged by the Lord, we're disciplined. (laughs) So Ethan goes to his parents and says, I'm picking on you again, Ethan. I saw you roll your eyes, bro. You get that from your mom, right? But (laughs) no, I'm messing. But so Ethan goes to his parents and he's like, he's like, okay, mom, mom and dad, is there, you know, anything I can do to, you know, kind of, kind of, kind of do better. And, uh, and they give you some things, and you, you, you kind of, okay, I'll do them, and you kind of blow them off, and then you blow them off, and they're like, what would you think your mom would say if she saw you? Uh, what if you came to your mom and said, Mom and Dad, um, I need to quit stealing. <laughs> I need to quit stealing. You know what? I've been stealing money from your purse, and I've been stealing like from my brothers and sisters, and I've been stealing. What do you think they would say? What do you think they would say? Dude, I'm not, I don't have to get the prophecy, bro. Am I like busting you now? No, I'm messing. No, I'm messing. No, it's just so far from your nature. But again, if it was something like that, would they say, 
Would, would they just immediately smack you down? Or would they be like, no, we want to help you with this. We want to help you with this. And, 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 and so that's what God wants to do. He wants to help us correct things that are like the world's so that we're not guilty of the same thing the world's guilty of. Because someone who's a thief, that doesn't represent God, right? And, and so he wants to correct those things. So we look back to what he's done for us. We look forward to being with him. We look in to correct ourselves. Like, okay, good, he's off of me stealing now. I see the smile on your face. But, but man, it's all to look out. Because what if, what if you're a big thief and everybody in your community, all the other kids know it and everything, and you're trying to tell them about Jesus? You think they're going like, to listen? Do you think they want your Jesus? No. The world's going to be condemned. That's what it says here in this. Look what it says. It says, when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined. So, Ethan, if, if you do tell them, forgive me, I've been stealing. I took 30 bucks out of your purse, and I, I bought some gummy worms. And uh, <laughs> would there be discipline? Yeah, there'd be discipline, rightly so. And there should be, because discipline is a consequence that's going to get you back on the right track again. So next time you think about stealing, you're like, I don't want to go through that discipline again. It's a little incentive to keep us on the right track. There needs to be discipline. And that's what's going to happen with God. He's going to discipline us. But he's going to discipline us so we can do the right thing. So that when you tell everyone else about Christ, they don't see a thief. But they see someone maybe who used to be a thief, but let God discipline them and let God change them. How many of y'all got anything? Now, yeah, I'm, uh, some of y'all, all right, I confess, I robbed a bank yesterday. No, but how many of y'all got some things God could discipline you for? How many of y'all actually need some discipline? You know what? You're a disciple. And the word, root word of disciple is discipline. They come from the same root word. We need discipline. He would like to correct us with rules. With, he would like to correct us with desires and so on. But if we need that external encouragement, he's willing to give it to us. And in Hebrews, it says, if there is discipline, then you know you're his child. You know you're his child. How many of y'all seen an unruly kid in the grocery store? Gavin, you guys seen unruly kids in the grocery store? Yeah, not yours. No, I'm talking about others. If yours are unruly, what are you going to do? Discipline them, right? But if you see another unruly kid in the grocery store, can you just like smack that kid? No, dude, you're going to jail. They're going to have a lawsuit. Hold on. I'm just saying, it's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to discipline your kids. <laughs> I think you got him pretty whooped. No, no, I'm just messing with you. No, no. But your responsibility is to discipline your kids. God's responsibility is to discipline his. So there will be discipline that comes when you confess to him. So he said, we're disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So the world's going to be what? Condemned. And you can be used by God to save the world from being condemned. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for causing us to uh, have communion, um, a time where we come to you and we want you to uh, correct us, even if it does take discipline in our lives, some discipline we may not be, uh, we may not like, but Father, we, we want the correction because we want to be more like you. We want your grace to change us. We want that desire and ability to do the right thing and represent you better, Father, um, and um, we're grateful that you make us come to you and, and let you judge us so the world doesn't have to judge us. And um, we're grateful for all you did for us, Christ, and looking back, we're grateful 
to look forward to being with you again. We're not maybe so grateful to look in because we don't really realize all the benefits there will be when we do look in. But Father, the benefits will be you'll use us to change the world for you and um, as we look out. So Father, do what you need to do with this Lord's Supper with each of us. Cause us to look way back and cause us to even look back joy bucket style, um, closer in. But cause us to look back, look forward, look in, and look around. So they're going to play for a little bit and um, band. And what I want to do is invite you guys to come on up. And if you will, kind of, how about come through here somewhere. And uh, so no, no necessarily lying. I mean, y'all just come on through here. And if you'll grab some bread and grab some juice, kind of chill, and then go back to your seat. But be looking back, looking forward, looking in and looking around while you're doing it. And then we'll close our service by celebrating it together. All right, you can come on up.